When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today is Wednesday, January 5th. Uh, Sam and I were chatting this morning about how this evening begins that 12-hour period last year when we it really looked like John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock both won. We took the Senate, and there were about six hours where it felt amazing. And then on our TVs, <laughs> it all got on fire. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, I truly will never forget my mom calling me that morning and being like, are you going to watch the certification of the election? And me being like, oh, I wasn't planning on it, but I guess I will. And turning on the TV and slowly but surely they kept they kept being like, something's going on at the Capitol also. And like for a little while, it was in a smaller box under the certification. Mm-hmm. And then it became the big box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, that was such a moment. Yeah. 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 Like, I was, I, I was work. What, right. I we're definitely record. Yeah. I, I went to go back down. to work. Yeah. I, I was, I was doing remote office work at that point. And I was like, okay, so it's on in the back. Like I didn't have it. I was like, okay, MSNBC is like on in the background and mute. And I was like going, you know, doing my thing. And then, I, I was looking and like Twitter had popped up and I was like, I usually keep Twitter off when I was working, but then it was like, um, something is happening. And I was like, what the, f-? yeah. So it was like, I was so excited too. It's like, we have a democratic majority. I know. This is the moment. Like we find, we did it. We scratched and clawed it back. We got uh, a black preacher and a Jewish journalist who are going to be representatives from Georgia, senators from Georgia. This is amazing. And then we have it was a majority like, oh. and everyone's going to agree and we're going to pass so much legislation with I, our I don't know rock solid majority. It's <laughs> <laughs> the filibuster immediately. Canceled I was I'm just glad that Mitch McConnell wasn't majority leader yeah. anymore. I think that was, that was yeah. the, the extent <laughs> of my That did feel really good. That's a good point. Now, that was an incredible, incredible period. But yeah, I mean, just I guess we can take a moment to marvel at the passage of time, a full year since that. Does it feel like longer since that or, or not that long? It feels like both longer and shorter. Like, it feels like both it happened forever ago and also like, oh, my God, I can't believe that it's been a year since that happened. 
Like I feel both in equal measure, which is strange. Mm-hmm. It's it's like pandemic time too, because like mm-hmm. we live yeah. like about a decade every week. And then it's like, we're all at this point, like Methuselah, we're like, I'm 700 years old. <laughs> like it feels like time is like dilated so badly. At the same time, it's like, did we, did we really just experience a coup? Like in the lab, like it's because it, it's like, oh my God, that was so recent. Like, how is it, how have we not done more? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. And that's what uh, that's what we're going to chat about. We're going to come back to the insurrection, of course, but we're going to start with some news out of Congress, which is that yesterday, Republican Representative Devin Nunes officially resigned from Congress. He said he was going to do this, but yesterday it was effective immediately. He has served a California district for 20 years. He's only 48. I didn't know. He does not seem charismatic enough to have been elected to Congress at 28. Yeah, but he serves in like Orange County or something. Like uh-huh. you don't need that much charisma the to lock that. The thing about it, yeah. Yeah. There's a there's so many districts that are just like they're they're just tiny and no one's thought about them. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, this person's been here for like 60 years. And you're like, what the f- really? Yeah. Yeah. Devin Nunes. That's why like we were talking recently about how like Josh Chugger is like one of the Duggars. He keeps running for state Senate in Arkansas and he keeps losing. And it's like, dude, your whole family should be like most of the votes in the district. And your your family's voting against you, dude. Like, yeah, you, absolutely- you do not. Somebody at the dinner table is not casting a ballot for you, my dude. Yeah, I mean, there's something these districts are, are weird. Like the one with Marjorie Taylor Greene. And it's like Madison Cawthorn represents like a, a weird a part of North Carolina that includes parts of Asheville, which is like, which is like the San Francisco of North of of it's it's even like weirder than San Francisco and none of it none of it makes sense so this guy is leaving also because he was probably going to get fired I think he quit before he got fired with redistricting a rare bright spot in redistricting is that well California district redistricting is kind of chaotic I was trying to read about it um this morning but basically Nunez's district he was gonna basically get like bought out of it um a sitting democratic house member was basically going to run for that seat and he wasn't going to win so i guess he quit while he was ahead but i just think it's so funny that he was just like fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna go because he's leaving an open seat for 140 days if a democrat did this to us we would be fucking furious right i mean we would be up especially in arms. since the margins are so slim in the house yeah. it's like particularly assholeish, but you know, that's what you get for putting your trust in Devin Nunes. People, the man's an idiot. Uh, he disgraced himself like a gazillion times over when he was in charge of the House Intelligence Committee. Oh, God. What a terrible what an sentence. ironic post. Uh, I know. <laughs> never, I know. never more yeah. ironic. <laughs> he sued a Twitter account of his own to pretending Twitter to be account. his pal. Like, cow. he's an idiot. <laughs> really made the most of his 20 years he is leaving to of course be the ceo of trump's new media company but for the next 140 days until a special election is held for his seat there the democratic majority is basically expanded from eight to nine votes i mean i'm not sure it really matters with the current fractures like i'm not sure but i did send you both a national review article which warmed my heart because the guy was like devin nunes has betrayed us he has handed nancy pelosi an extra vote and he has completely diluted the impact of the squad to defect and i was like well sucks to okay. suck. yeah like okay well that's yeah devin nunes is really selfish and only looks out for himself and that's why you guys elected him so 
I mean, like a Republican seeking his own his something that's only beneficial to him and not at all beneficial to the collective. Interesting. 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 I'm completely shocked by this. I had no idea. What do you think the onboarding? (laughs) What do you think the onboarding package includes at at Trump Technology? What do you think is in the backpack? I I think it's it's just an NDA. (laughs) It's just a. It's just a lengthy NDA. (laughs) <laughs> fits in the hole. It's just a rolled around piece of paper fits in the backpack. And a, and a promise that you'll be paid net 30. It's only yeah. everything is net 30. You're like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're like, uh, and it's with Melania's NFTs. Well, 100%. 100%. You're paid in Trump bucks. You can, you can use it like the gift shop at Trump Tower or whatever to get like a taco at the restaurant there. But it's also so sad to me because this media company is actually the thing this was donald trump's whole plan was the whole time was that he wanted to run for president lose and start a media company he accidentally won and now we all live in hell but (laughs) accidentally yeah accidentally on purpose (laughs) one and now he we live in hell but um, <laughs> he really just has wanted to start this media company. And I'm like, I wish we could have just gotten here in 2016. Um, yeah, precisely. Thinking about what Hillary Clinton could have accomplished. I'm not sure that a Trump run media company would have been the best version for our country, but it would be yeah. significantly better than where we are right now. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. I'm trying to, I'm maintaining hope. I'm maintaining hope that. Yeah. Maybe. In, in this alternate reality, we, we renamed hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> His businesses always fail. So my feeling is that the media company will fail um, as well. But who knows? Because now he has, you know, now he's too big to fail. And then Nunes will be unemployed and rely on the Democrats' proposed social safety net. I, well, look at that. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would, but it, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't change anybody's mind. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. 
Since I started using Pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash fever dream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash fever dream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash fever dream. Back to the insurrection, folks. So (laughs) tomorrow, as we said, marks a year since the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Just going to run through some facts and figures and then just some like guiding questions for our discussion. 727 people have been charged so far with a maximum sentence of 41 months. Biden is going to address the nation. Exactly. And one other dude, I believe, or lady. Two people got 41 months and one of them is the QAnon shaman. (laughs) I died at the (laughs) newsletter. Today's newsletter was so funny. What did you say? Like, don't forget to leave some ayahuasca out tonight for the QAnon shaman. Yes, because it's Coop's Miss Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gorgeous. So Biden's going to address the nation tomorrow about ongoing threats to democracy, I guess. And uh, former President Trump, he was going to speak for Mar-a-Lago with sources saying he intended to defend the rioters, which is just like fucking crazy. I mean, remember when he spoke in Oklahoma on Juneteenth? Did he cancel that? I don't even remember. It doesn't even matter. But he canceled this one. He did. Yeah. Due to also, quote, total bias and dishonesty. Uh, on part of the media and I guess just knowing that the House Select Committee committee is listening. Mm -hmm. Trump was, of course, impeached for this, for inciting an insurrection. He was acquitted, but it was the most bipartisan impeachment ever. As I was like reading about this today, it's just crazy that we're like, did this man commit crimes? It's like, he incited an insurrection. You already all decided that. (laughs) I know, and he also like, was planning to do it again tomorrow. Like that's <laughs> what he was gonna do. When it, it's just so crazy. It's crazy to think that I like he wasn't fully removed from office for that. And it's also crazy just because Ukraine's been in the news again. I've been thinking a lot about right. his first impeachment and being like, oh right, Volodymyr Zelensky and the whole <laughs> gang. <laughs> it's it's kind of it feels very um it feels like like what Nixon said in like Frost Nixon, where he was like, if the president does it, it's not a crime. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and this is like, well, well, people at that time were like, no, it's absolutely a crime. That's why you resigned in disgrace and why you like it was just such a revealing yeah. thing that his whole mentality, we were like, wow, really dodged a bullet there. I mean, we didn't. We he he dodged it for us by leaving rather than going through this process. But like people were mad about Ford pardoning Nixon and like him getting away with it. And now yeah. it's just like, whatever, who cares? Sure. No, let the cares? guy do whatever he wants. Uh, yeah. He definitely incited a mob that was going to murder all of us. But yeah. on the other hand, we can't win without him. So 
potato potato classic yeah. United States government yeah, maybe Nunez is just getting out because he's like I'm safer here I'm safer working for the Trump technology company I mean That's it's so true. funny to me that he is canceling because of potential optics when this when Trump literally just fucking endorsed Viktor Orban who is the fucking authoritarian leader of Hungary like without a doubt it's not in question whether Hungary is like near that is that is insane Bolsonaro like these are a Putin I mean, you've got these authoritarian leaders who very obviously are oppressed. Like, it's not even a question. Like, they are straight up authoritarians. They are fascists. This is no longer a like, oh, maybe a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, it's it's the same. And Trump is the same here, except that we don't treat it like that. And so it's kind of like, oh, you know, it was just a bunch of protesters. And it's like, no, those were basically the American modern version of brown shirts. These are people who have been activated. They wear their Trump flags. They're, they they use insignia to show that they are part of a certain group. They want you to know it. They are proud of it. And they walk around the streets armed. They walk around the streets dangerous. And they want you to know that they will hurt you if you question them. And this is what we act like this is normal. We, yeah, it's insane. It's wild. Yeah. It is toxic. This is not a healthy society, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but we can still, we, there's still time. Like, that's the thing. It's like recognizing that this is yeah. happening. It's, it's very much like, uh, like addiction, where it's like, I see you're addicted to fascism. Would you like to acknowledge this problem? And then mm-hmm. we can start unraveling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- America. That's very gentle. I like that. So this anniversary comes as the Senate has turned its focus to voting rights. I think they think that is strategic. And as the January 6th committee heats up. So we talk about this committee vaguely all the time, but let's kind of get a little bit more specific about what they're doing, what they can do, what the impact of what they can do will be. The House panel doesn't have the authority to pursue criminal charges, but it can provide the Justice Department with evidence of any wrongdoing it finds in its investigations or of a crime. And they have like a bunch of like federal prosecutors, like they have a big, robust staff working on this. They have 35,000 documents and it can use its subpoena power to try to procure this evidence. But like it has tried to do that. And I mean, it's told it like it's tried to do that. Meadows and Bannon aren't doing it. And Bannon's like contempt trial isn't until July 18th. So if I were a Republican, a better, I would not be in any rush at all. It's just so ridiculous to me that, and I know it sounds like a broken record, but like that if you're wealthy and you can pay a fancy lawyer, you can just effectively avoid trial by delaying it. Whereas again, we have people Mm -hmm. who go to jail for crimes they didn't commit because they can't pay like bail. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, it, it just makes me. Yeah, this man I is personally thought you had to respond to a subpoena. That was my impression yeah. that I got from how it works is that if you're. No, subpoena- you get eight months of le- until you even get like held to account about it, apparently. It's an eight month yeah. process. That's one of the things that's, that's actually part of their strategy. Like they yes. know that if they resist subpoenas, there's not going to be any consequences for it. Um, and the, the consequences are going to take a lot of time. Why well, can't we expedite that like, Democrats need to get closer to the truth? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to, I mean, I have ideas, but I, I'm, a, I'm, you know, we're going to get to that. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I mean, why can't I, this is always my question. Why can't we expedite these things? Why can't it be like, you know what, this is urgent. We're going to put them on trial right away. I, I don't understand. Get it together. Like the, these, is it just a lack of will? 
like in a lack of the entire legal system to be like, yeah, we need to prioritize this. This man cannot wait, like hang around for eight months when he has information about what caused an insurrection. My understanding is that it kind of comes down to individual judges. And so that we kind like a judge could fast track it or they could not. I know that the committee has asked the Supreme Court to expedite hearings about Trump's personal documents and the whole rigmarole he's trying to pull there with um, executive privilege. So they can like ask, but Mm -hmm. I think it's up to the court to say like, yay or nay. And I feel like it just comes down to so much of what we've seen as far as like the Trump era, which is just that like, our system is not responsive to crises in a way that maybe the modern world require, like, like we are, our world moves at such a fast pace that like the way that our system works, it just fails to address issues in a timely manner. It's interesting that like, an 18th century system bizarrely cannot keep up with the yeah. world that runs on electricity and really? um, the internet. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of weird that George Washington didn't already see that we were going to have internet. It's, you know, Stunning, who could have really. imagined that we might need to change things. <laughs> Literally, they're not making blackberries anymore, but we can't update <laughs> the goddamn constitution. <laughs> well, Madison Cawthorn tweeted this week, he was like, the founding fathers would be horrified if they saw our country today. And I'm like, yeah, they'd probably yeah. be pretty confused. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just screaming. They're like, that woman's wearing a tank top. Like, <laughs> losing their mind. <laughs> you call that an abortion what? now? <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Who are all these people walking around free? Like, oh, of course they would be horrified. I, I mean, they'd also be, be surprised that, like, the magic plates that we have. Like, this is a weirdo, but it's, a, it's a, in your head. Imagine if like, they just did not care about any of our crises and they're just like, you guys, no. you can get around. You, you're flying. Well, literally, like, the founding fathers coming back to modern America would just be all of them stepping into traffic immediately and screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they'd, just, they'd be like, ah! The like, only <laughs> one I think who'd be okay would be Ben Franklin, who'd be like, this shit is going oh, to Where can I yeah. fuck some ladies? And we'd be like, that's actually much easier. Much easier. Yeah. <laughs> They're around. We're around. <laughs> oh, People God. are like, wow, this society changed a bunch. You guys can fly yeah. now? That's crazy. All right. But first, Ugh. where are women? Like, let's, yeah, let's where are the women? <laughs> right. Well, it's, like, it's almost like they thought, like, oh, our legal system is that, like, how much damage can be done between now and July 18th? How many carrier pigeons? How many stories will get to, like, the local <laughs> newspapers? Maybe not a lot, but it's like there are millions thousands of crazy tweets every single day. So some crimes that the committee is specifically looking into, whether Trump and his allies committed fraud, basically by fundraising fundraising off the false claim that the election was stolen, but also whether Trump and his allies are criminally responsible for obstructing Congress by trying to stop the certification of electoral votes. It's also possible that Trump could be charged based on his inaction to stop the disruption to Congress's process. And Republican Liz Cheney has suggested that a Trump's dereliction of duty isn't covered by current laws. Perhaps it should be and there should be stronger penalties. I feel, Caitlin, I feel like you are constantly able to reference, like, especially post-Civil War things built into the legal system that allow for these stronger penalties. So I'm like, 
are they just not willing to activate these because they don't see the parallels or do these processes need to be like expanded? Do we need constitutional amendments? Like what, what, what is available that they're not using and what can we make available right now? We don't need anything new except will. Um, Interestingly enough, after the Civil War, there were actually very few trials for treason, even yeah, though it was it was pretty obvious. It was extremely <laughs> pretty widespread. Like a a, a four year war of treason. Yeah. Um, but but two things. Right. One was uh, John Wilkes Booth conspiracy to um, kill the entire Lincoln government. It only hit Lincoln, but everyone in his major cabinet figures were on a list and they were all supposed to be assassinated simultaneously in order to decapitate the government. So Andrew Johnson taking over kind Word of threw choice. a lot of shit out. But the point is that they didn't actually hold trials for treason because they were afraid that people might not agree that it was. Go figure. Interesting. So, so, the, so the, a lot of these protections aren't really strong. They're really retroactive. And the same thing has to happen here, basically. It's just force of will. You know, you, you, this is a new crisis. The system was not designed to understand this because no one expected that anyone would ever do it. And mm-hmm. this notion of like, okay, so we're going to make sure that he can't do the same thing that he did last time. It's like, you guys, that's barn doors, horse, etc. Like you've built these gorgeous padlocks. That's cool. But the, <laughs> the horse is still down the street. Running around in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, like the horse is loose in the hospital. Horse in the hospital. <laughs> this, is, this is where we're at. So, like, you can you can be like, we have secured barn doors now. No horse will ever do this again. It's like that still doesn't solve the existing problem of the horse like grabbing children and running around the hospital. We yeah, like you got to pick up the glass. <laughs> like kids are stepping on glass everywhere because the horse is was in the hospital. Like you got to. John Mulaney has no idea what he no wrote with the horse in the hospital. But <laughs> it was so is, perfect, though. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, you got to go watch John Mulaney's most recent. New in it, town? New in, t- I, is new in new town. Is New in Town the first one or Kid Gorgeous? Kid I think it's gorgeous. Kid gorgeous. It might be Kid Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It's his more recent special that would have come out after the 2016 election. And um, he has a very funny bit about a horse in a hospital. <laughs> is he even referencing is he ref- he's referencing trump he's referencing trump that, directly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he says that the trump presidency is like finding out that there's a horse in a hospital and the worst right. days are when you don't hear from the horse at all which i love mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is, i mean that's, that's, that's basically true the yeah. sense of our society and our congress is just kind of like they're they're kind of trying to use these old tools to solve a problem that is brand new and so they kind of just have to I mean, we should talk about um, creating expedited subpoenas. I mean, we should Mm -hmm. be talking about like, okay, so we're going to need to break rules. And that's also what Lincoln did. It's really important. Like in the prosecution of the Civil War, he was like this close to being like, can I arrest Supreme Court justices? Can I just Mm -hmm. do that? Can I just, can I just under my war powers? And they were like, Creativity, have some goddamn imagination at least though. Yeah. (laughs) But he he thought about it. He had a whole moment where he was like could i yeah <laughs> that's where we need to be at we all need to have our leaders being like can we <laughs> that's the other side is yeah <laughs> well the other i mean i i know i'm sure caitlin is more than well aware of this but like the emancipation proclamation when it was given out wasn't like a full it wasn't like considered legal by everyone you know like no, there was a lot was of absolutely de- illegal 
Yeah, it was like it not even cur- like he really actually technically couldn't do that. But sometimes you gotta get caught trying, baby. <laughs> like, he was kind of he was kind of like, you know what? Try me. That was like, basically what it was. He was just like kind of like, OK, I'm going to do this thing. You want to you want to try me? Like, what's your argument going to be that that I don't have the right to do? It? So what what's going to stop me? What's going to stop me? <laughs> Right, they are losing using delay tactics for bad. We can use them. We can use them for good. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and a of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. I asked you guys this morning, what are some other things that Democrats in Congress need to do this year? Or I guess next, if somehow they manage to get a bigger Senate majority and keep the House, which I think will be dependent on what they do this year, to ensure accountability. And do you believe that they will do them? Like, what imagination do they need to have right and and channel right now? Um, Anybody who I think we should I think we should just take that third section of the 14th Amendment. I'm going to say it until somebody hears me. Yeah. Why not? You know, the third section of the 14th Amendment says you can't serve if you provided aid or comfort to people who tried to overthrow the government. It feels like we have really good evidence that lots of people in Congress, you know, um, uh, basically have aided and abetted these people. And we have a whole year of them aiding and abetting. Like we now know for sure that this was a coup. We were all here at the anniversary of the coup being like it was a coup. And in the year between, like Republicans have had time to do things that would not aid and abet the people who did this. 
but they haven't. They've done the opposite thing. They've encouraged more people to do more government overthrowing things. Providing comfort as much as they can. Yeah, they want these people to feel very comfortable. They're calling them protesters. They would rock them to sleep if they could. Exactly. Use the 14th Amendment and use your power in Congress to be like, we're just going to expel everybody. Throw redistricting into chaos. This is another thing that I really believe that we should do is just the House should just take up the the um, permanent <laughs> reinforcement act of nineteen twenty nine. Yes, <laughs> just take it up and just like repeal it or change it to like six hundred fifty, and then force states to figure out how they're going to find new congressional seats. Play around with power yeah. or DC state. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't you know, seem like, possible. If you're worried about voting now, rights, but... this is the easiest way to just fuck things up. It's like, okay, well, we agree that we can't change anything about this system. Oh, what? Except we're going to need 600 Congress people. Right. It's the only way. (laughs) I mean, I agree. I just feel like it's time to get a little creative with it. Um, But the other thing that I really feel like the committee has the power to do, number one, is just create the public record, which doesn't sound jazzy, but there has been so much. Their main objective misinformation and crazy spinning of what has happened here. Like that just getting information out in the open is really good. I think the committee has the ability to uh, keep this in the minds and memory of the American people. And it's going to be up to the Democrats to do that as well. Um, As far as like going, like making sure new information gets the coverage that it deserves and, Etc. But also it's really tough when it like like these people actually testifying would do a lot of that. But mm-hmm. if we're not going to act like if people are just going to ignore subpoenas, that is what makes it hard for me to understand. Like we need we need to actually see people testify and all of that stuff. Yeah, I think we should run it like a political campaign. I mean, you, you can't I understand that governing is not campaigning this is really important distinction but at the same time you gotta if you are up against this massive propaganda machine you're not gonna win by being like let's just do things right and dot all of our i's and cross all of our t's and then once we're completely and utterly done we'll release a report robert Mueller tried it it did not work um it turns out you need some pomp and circumstance so Bring some pomp and circumstance. Make it normal once a week to do a a coup update. Hey, this is what's happened this week. This is what we find out about the coup. Be very serious Mm -hmm. about like, this is an overthrow of our government. We are telling you what has happened. We are finding the people. They will never be forgiven. This You just got to take some, some, you know, vengeance out. Yeah, get get some energy for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know, I mean... We need to take a few more cues from how the right handles this, because, you know, if it had if any any of I mean, they're still talking about Ashley Bat like they would they would hold this. They would be talking about this. There, there would be a dedicated hour every day to updates to this if there were anything even close to it on on right wing news. Well, they already organize around around like the Black Lives Matter protests as if it was the (laughs) insurrection. Like and they raise that kind of like alarm about all of that. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene's response to the to getting kicked off Twitter was to bring up like Maxine Waters riling up Black Lives Matter protesters. So like they find ways to make those issues 
last and last for them. But for some reason on our side, a literal actual coup that we all watched on TV, we have to find strategies to keep people thinking about it. Right. And like, even on the day, it's like, everybody was universally disgusted and that has not changed. So the more we can keep it sort of present. And so we've been talking so far about Democrats communicating this better themselves to their audiences. But how do you think mainstream media has handled coverage of the insurrection aftermath? Where can it improve? What, what roles it have to play? I mean, I think the reason we're saying it needs to be more present in Democrats communication is because it's, it's not that present in mainstream news, because I feel like we're just accustomed. It's like, oh, another Republican completely defied a subpoena. Like that is abnormal. That is, that is, we're, that is a slip into authoritarianism when, when these people just don't do, can just defy, defy the laws. I mean, what do you think, how do you think the media has responded to the last year? <sighs> mm, well, <laughs> interviewing Republican swing voters about milk. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, this might have to do with like my next question, which I read an article, I'll, I'll link it in the podcast this morning, but it talked a lot about how the media also sort of indulges like the, the Republican electorate is not that big. Their policies are not that popular. They win because of the structural advantages that they have given themselves and that they have like corrupted into the system. So when they lose, they feel very they feel very wounded and they feel like something's been taken from them that they never actually like fairly had. And I think the media really indulges this. And it's not just, it, I'm not saying they interview insurrectionists sympathetically, although they actually probably do, but it does even, it does come back to, you know, talking to people about inflation that like, why you that, that indulges this this concern that is not that widespread like all you see on cnn in the past six months is them just talking to swing voters who are clearly republicans who watch fox news and the balance is just as i'm talking about this i think about i listen to this podcast it's called the argument it's a new york times podcast and they were talking it was jay rosen who's like one of their media commentary commentator and russ dothat right yeah. And he's like sort of there. I don't know if he is he a Republican. He's like one of their. Yes. More, yeah. He's a yes. Republican oh, commentator. God. And they were both sort of arguing for like he was saying Russ was saying the media can't play into the rights idea that they're biased against them. Like they have to be balanced. And Jay Rosen was like, but the media like has to understand that democracy is crumbling and they can't give each side balanced weight when that's when that's not what's happening. So I guess I've answered my own questions, just my, my frustrations, but yeah, the, it's this Republicans create this, this false sense that they, that they are the dominant, they have the dominant point of view and the media indulges it and they need to stop. Yeah. So I would point out that uh, even having Jay Rosen and Ross do that uh, yeah. <laughs> on a podcast together is an exact example of just incredible bias because Ross doesn't know shit. This has been demonstrated. He he has yes, a column. He like does. I can go back. I can read every single one of them. I won't. He's not typically right. Myself. Yeah. But the point is that he very obvious. He actually said in December of last uh, uh, December 2020, like don't worry about Trump. He's not going to create a coup. You're all hyperventilating. And then afterwards, he was like, "Well, I kind of stand by." It wasn't as bad as you think. I was like, what the... F anyway, um, the point is, is that, like, Jay Rosen is an actual a former journalist. He's a he's someone who's a serious media study. So there you go. You got someone who actually is an expert in the field. And then this guy who's got dumb opinions. And they're both going to be talking to each other like they're equals. 
on the subject of whether or not the media can cover this properly. Mm-hmm. His entire notion, I mean, Ross exists to create the notion that there's somebody out there who shares his opinions on a broad scale, which is not true. It's like him and a, you could fit all the never exactly. Republicans right. into a Georgetown cocktail room. Like they, there's <laughs> no, no one left there. Okay. That group is very small and they're not representative. Republicans are also, and they should also the be disgusted by what's happening anyway. Like, I mean, mad props to Jennifer Rubin. Can't believe that this is how I know we're in the darkest timeline. I agree with Jennifer Rubin and Bill Crystal on a regular basis where I'm like, Jesus oh Christ. <laughs> we were enemies, man. Like this was <laughs> this is good time. Remember you were a rock war cheerleader? That's that's I I what what has happened? <laughs> right. And I do think it's like I, I think it does. I mean, it might sound silly to connect, you know, CNN indulging conversations with alleged swing voters about economic issues to why we're not seeing serious outrage about the insurrection, but it's because if you indulge this idea. That if, if you give more inflation to their ideas and point of view, it creates the impression that they are they are justified in storming the Capitol because it's like all these people we've been telling you all year. Yeah, I just feel like in general with the media writ large, but like the 24 hour news cycle also is reflective of why we can't pay attention to anything. And it's like kind of the same issue that we see on Facebook when it's like you're reporting new news about the actual coup that happened, but also you're doing a story about milk. And also you're talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene's latest dumb shit that she said, like it all gets jumbled up and people don't know where to put their attention. Mm -hmm. And it's actually an information overload. You can't, you end up in this situation where you feel like it's been both way too long and way too short a time since it happened. Like, Mm -hmm. I just think the way that we consume our news and it's not any one media company at all but just the way that it is put out there it's like impossible for your brain to determine which stories are the most important thing when really like yeah the most important thing is the coup that almost happened last year like that's i mean there's the pandemic and the coup and those are kind of the two big things and everything else is tangential to those two major things i think there's a the problem is is that we talk about it and it's like the point of politics coverage is not to cover the game, which is kind of what it feels like. It feels like everyone's kind of like, I'm the narrator in Game of Thrones. Like, bitch, no, you're not. Your job mm-hmm. is to cover the American government. And it's crumbling. The American government, the actual process by which we solve problems that affect society is completely useless right now. I mean, you can talk about any, any issue, anything. I mean, not inflation. Inflation's some bullshit. We'll get to that later. Like, yeah. I understand everyone's <laughs> afraid of stagflation, but we move on. COVID is a real problem. The economy, in terms of like taking care of people, which is the purpose of an economy, it's not just to make money. Oh, we just made a bunch of money. Everything's fine. Like, no, it's supposed to be to give to the I thought the economy was the stock market. <laughs> that is true <laughs> for like 10% of people. Um, yeah. You know, like we have these these terrible frames. We're just like, it's just been going on for so long. People don't even know that they're the, like the government is supposed to be doing things. And our coverage does not show that. And I was reading this piece by um, Daily Beast writer, uh, Matt Fuller, just before I came on. And it was like, he was like, it's weird to stop and talk about Republicans 
who, you know, I know because he covers them. He, he's literally yeah. a reporter for Congress. And he's like, it's weird to stop, have to stop and think about whether that person came into the chamber afterwards and voted to undermine democracy, yeah. to overthrow voters, to like that vote should that have happened. been yeah. a lightning point. Everyone who voted after the coup to support what Trump was doing should all be kicked out of Congress. And it's insane that we we're just like, yeah, I guess continue negotiating with them, continue treating them like legitimate political entities. And Matt was like, maybe we should stop and think about how we cover these people. Mm -hmm. Maybe I shouldn't just be like, oh, Ron Johnson. He's like, he's saying crazy shit about the election, but I'm covering his inflation talk. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's interesting. You're so close. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to close with a little bit on the voting rights bill um, because we said things that could potentially address this. I mean, Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer both publicly come out in favor of a filibuster carve out to pass it. I've been thinking is carve out. Joe Manchin seemed very alarmed by the term carve out. And then was he was like, once you carve a whole turkey, you got to eat. And I was like, then call it something else, man. I don't know if you don't want to call it a carve out, call it something else. It doesn't matter. He's going to figure out what he. We're at his matter. whims again. We're at, yeah. like he'll decide carve out is the wrong word, but then like he'll say a number and then he'll decide. Well, actually, like like what he did with Build Back Better, where he was like, it has to cost this much. And then you give him a bill that costs that much. And he's like, it has to I cost that it. much for 10 years. Like <laughs> it's he's going to constantly move the goalpost. I know today he said some sort of lukewarm things about potentially going back to a talking filibuster or at least allowing them to vote for debate. I just don't trust anything that he says. And yeah, I don't see how I don't he could. Trust, right. And then we don't even know what cinema is saying. But the craziest is like this bill, all this bill aims to do, it'll help with some of these things, but not really keeping insurrection just accountable, just sort of attempting to mitigate some of the crazy shit that state legislatures are doing. It will basically ensure states have early voting, make election day a public holiday and secure the availability of mail-in voting. So it's consistent universal. It's just bare fucking minimum. Like I would love to hear, maybe she said it, but like demand, I do think it's so important to remind everyone and include when you're talking about this. This is also not a single Republican will vote for this. What the fuck is Lisa Murkowski's problem with with making Election Day a public holiday? Explain that. I mean, she doesn't have to because she just needs to deny votes for cloture. Like, that's the thing that the the filibuster is protecting Republicans from taking unpopular positions. It's defending them from having to even do the work of legislating. They don't have to do anything. They just need to prevent the discussion. Moderate Democrats. And moderate Democrats like to be protected too. I mean, you can see Kirsten Cinema. she doesn't want to have to take the vote. She's more of a show horse than anything else. You know, uh, Manchin, he's, he's getting off. This is a power trip for him. And he knows that he's in a very safe, red, super blood red, red state. He's the best Democrat you're going to get. So he can run rings around everybody else because who are you going to replace him with? Democrats aren't trying to protect. We, we, there are actually more Republicans up um, this cycle than Democrats, but are Democrats aiming to seize power and really get the best candidates they can and create a unified strategy to keep the Senate or expand? No, no, they're not. They continue to talk to Republicans like, we're just colleagues. We're going to work this out like Joe. Motherfuck. Anyway, um, (laughs) 
it's frustrating and it's it's annoying i we think i think we just need like again that bold creative leadership lincoln was asking himself can we can i arrest supreme court justices like find that energy for yourself you know like like can you can you can we just arrest people this would be a question you ask yourself every day. I and mean, come on, what's the Patriot Act for if we're not going to use it to actually like protect the country? Do it. Cuff them. Cuff them. Lock them up. Lock them up. Lock them up. Lock Beautiful. Perfect. Uh, until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Better Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.